Greetings and salutations to you all. This is Dee Dee Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. not on Twilight Tonic. As always, I have a most amazing guest. But tonight, this dear lady has a special place in my heart because I am a huge animal person. And Karen A. Anderson is here in the house tonight in my broom closet. She has written two books, one which made me cry, and we'll find out later why. But she has Hear All Animals, The Journey of an Animal Communicator. The Amazing Afterlife of Animals, Messages and Signs from Our Pets from the Other Side. Please, it is an honor to hear from her. Welcome, Karen. How are you tonight? Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm doing great and and I'm very, very, very excited to be here tonight. So thanks for inviting me. Of course, it is. Oh gosh, I'm like a fangirl of yours because <laughs> I think animals are so important in our lives. And how did you get started? How did you even have an inkling in your heart that you were going to communicate with animals? Well, I had no idea once I was, you know, all grown up as an adult. I had no idea where where I was going. But I could remember understanding my animals when I was a kid. I could under I remember having conversations with them and they were you know, full conversations back and forth. So Mm -hmm. that's where it all kind of started. It started brewing back then when I was a kid, I'd say around five, six, seven, eight, right in there. Okay. And then after, you know, my parents didn't know what to do with that and how I would know the information I knew. So they freaked out a little bit and they told me to stop it. And it was a matter of, you know, disapproving parents. So I learned very early to hide it and to Mm. not tell anyone that I was communicating because I could see spirits, too. And I started, yeah, I started sharing with my family that I was seeing people who had passed away, family members that Mm. I had never met before. And so they didn't know what to do with that. Oh, man, that would be awful. See, I had it. I had the most amazing mama when it came to that. She just always told me, that is a part of life. How cool. Oh, it was very cool. cool. She was an amazing lady. My next question is, what as an adult shook you enough to start communicating with animals? I had a lot of animals at one point. I still do. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! How many? How many do you have, I, Karen? Um, I tell people I have more than three cats mm-hmm. because you never see more than three in one place at one time. So that's all. That's all I'm going to admit to. <laughs> but 
don't forget that includes I have a nonprofit animal sanctuary. So we we rescue uh, the pets that no one else wants. So I have quite a crew here. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So this is, again, a childhood dream come true because I always said that when I grew up someday I wanted to have an animal sanctuary and now I have it. It's called the P- Painted Rain Ranch. And we take wow. in the literally the ones who have no chance of getting adopted. They're mm-hmm. they're old, they're special needs, they have illnesses, injuries, diabetics, asthmatics, um, you know, the the broken. I take them in and they stay here and they live with me on my thirty acre ranch for the rest of their lives. I don't adopt out. They stay here. Is amazing. Right? I know. And it's it's truly gorgeous. There's five acres of vegetable gardens, flower gardens, fruit trees. There's little river beds. I mean, it's mm. truly like animal Valhalla here. And um, I, I go to shelters in, around here in the Spokane area, and I will ask who their oldest resident is or the one that they feel has no chance of being adopted. And those are the ones that I rescue. They probably love when you come in. They do. And it's like, well, how many can you take today, Karen? <laughs> but you know, it's like, well... Um, I wish I was just, your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't see neighbors where I live. It's completely secluded. There's, It's surrounded. It looks like Germany where I live. There's pine trees oh and rolling hills. And I live on top of a mountain. So all I see are trees and trees and trees and rolling hills and then the sky, of course. So it's, there's nobody around. It sounds like my heaven. (laughs) It is. It is a slice of heaven. It is um, a Valhalla for sure. Mm. So uh, the animals are taken care of by me and my husband and we are all volunteer and it is our passion and our joy. And it's all about the animals here. And we give them the best life that we can, however long or however not long uh, we have them. We give them a quality of life and love. And they're surrounded by, you know, beautiful scenery while they're yeah. here. So I always tell I, people, you don't have to have an animal, but you can always bring food to the shelters. Oh, yeah, Once a year. What, yes. e- even one bag of dog or cat food helps a shelter. It does. And, you know, they are so in need. And just to go spend time with the animals, I know it's heartbreaking, but, you know, yeah. they get stressed out in those environments. It's really awful in there. I, I can't stay there very long. I'll just yeah. get like, oh, my God, get me out of here. But, um, you know, since we're a, a small operation, I only take in as many that I can truly give 110% to. I won't take in any more. And we only we will only take someone in when there's available space. So if we lose someone, obviously, then we can think about welcoming somebody in depending on their level of health because, you know, it's a 24-7 job. Yes, I I understand that. Yes. (laughs) So I'm very proud of it. And um, we have a website, paintedrainranch.org. You can check it out and see all of our residents that we have. And there's pictures there of me and my husband and the surrounding area. It's it's fun. And can people donate to that? 
oh, please, <laughs> please, uh, even a dollar. I mean, whatever. They please want to send donate. me the link so I can share it on all I my absolutely. social media because, you know, people just don't understand how amazing that is and how loving that is. You know, we are responsible for what we've tamed. We are. And I always wanted to be somebody that was a soft and safe place to fall for strays or abandons or injured animals or castaways. You know, I, I yeah. always root for the underdog. I, I was kind of the underdog myself. And so growing up, I always felt so weird and fish out of water and no one understood me. That's why I gravitated to the animals because they understood me. Yeah. They accepted me. They loved me. It wasn't like judgment. And why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? They just loved me for who I was. And I think that's why now I give so much to them. It's so rewarding. It's, it's so fulfilling. And at the same time, it's so exhausting. So yes, we, we graciously accept um, any donations uh, for the animals. And you can see, see them all on the website who we have. Wow. Make sure you send me that link so I could share it. Okay. That's I will do amazing. That. I don't, the thing is, when I read your book, I have to tell you, there was not a dry eye on my face, I have to admit. Um, the Amazing Afterlife of Animals? Is yeah. That oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I have had so many animals as a city person in my life, and as many as I could afford being an artist. Um, for 30 years, I was a dancer. My husband was a musician. So... I gathered animals. I've always had five at a time and then fosters. And oh my goodness, the story of Dennis resonated with me to the highest level. Like I woke up, I was listening to the book and I read the book. I'm dyslexic and I don't hide that at all. Um, That resonated so high with me on so many levels. I... His dog, particularly, and his mother, that story. Oh, my gosh, girl. I, I don't know how you did it without crying. Well, I did cry, and I'm getting I'm getting all emotional right now because I still, sorry. That's okay. I, I get it. Trust me. I still connect with him. I still connect with him and Guru. Oh, my God. Sorry. That was, like, so unexpected. That's okay. Um for those who are listening, it's the last story. So don't skip ahead. That's no, cheating. don't guys. skip ahead. You have to read. Um, but it Dennis uh, Dennis and Guru is the last story. And you know, it was it was really um emotional for me. It still is, obviously. Uh, but there's so much healing that comes from that. I mean, sharing his story was so monumental even for me, just to be able to put that into words for somebody like you mm-hmm. to, you know, randomly come across a story <laughs> like that, that hit so many levels with resonated with you on so many levels. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes so, yeah. And for people that know, don't know, I lost a brother named Dennis that had similar things with family and it broke my heart, but made me, it inspired because my brother was such a sensitive soul and he loved his cats. And to hear the dentist that contacted with you 
Oh my gosh, girl, you did an amazing job with him. Uh, well, thank you. It was a, uh, it was kind of, kind of a, it was a very close connection I had with him. He was a great yeah. client and, you know, he's, I don't want to give it away, but, um, you know, it's, we're still in touch. Let me just put it that way. We're, yeah. we're still, we're still in touch and Thanks. he's, he's a wonderful man. Yeah. Guru. Oh my gosh. What a tremendous dog. I don't know what kind <laughs> of dog he was, but. He's a little terrier. A little That's what terrier I was mix. thinking for some reason. Yeah. I was like, that has to be a little terrier because they just do not go away. Yeah. <laughs> he's so cute. Wow. I mean, that was amazing. The whole book is amazing. I have a really odd question. Do you believe that animals reincarnate to come back with their owners in physical form? Well, I do believe now, but there was a time I wasn't sure. Uh, and it's only because the animals kept talking about it and kept bringing it up. I mm -hmm. didn't bring it up. They brought it up. So, you know, I'm able to understand the animals messages they send me energetic messages i hear it in words sometimes in sentences sometimes i see imagery sometimes i see little mini movies sometimes mm -hmm. it's emotions and i kept hearing about it in my sessions over and over again they talk about you know their their favorite past life with their the human that i was going to be talking to in in a few minutes because i always checked in with the animals ahead of time because i love animals so much i wanted to get them comfortable with me and let them know they could trust me so that when their human mom or dad got on the phone with me for their appointment, they would share as much as they felt comfortable sharing. So it, it just kept coming up over and over this reincarnation. And I was like, what? And I wasn't sure I was in the, I'm not sure club. And yeah. then it kept coming up and the more and more they told me, the more and more I learned and the more and more I realized that, and this will make sense to a lot of people that are listening right now. You know how sometimes we think we play favorites with our companions, like we love them all. Yes, yes. But, but, <laughs> and, and that's a big but, <laughs> um, there's one or if you're lucky, more than one, yeah. that just is it. They're just that one pet. It's that one pet that you can't forget. It's the one pet that yeah. is everything to you that just it, it revolves around you and you revolve around them. And there's some unspoken connection that just resonates between you that you can't describe. Yep. The reason I discovered not for anything other than what the animals shared with me is that's because that particular animal has reincarnated with you so many times. <laughs> We're talking hundreds of times that you are now so bonded on the soul level that it is like everything is in sync. That's why you just feel so connected because you have been through so many experiences together. So you're not really playing favorites. You're just more connected to that particular soul because the soul never forgets. You know, we forget, exactly. you know, in, in our conscious mind, our past lives, but our soul, our higher self never forgets. All of that comes forward. And when you reconnect 
with that one pet and and I I don't like the word pet because there's so much more than that but sorry just for the sake of referring to them yeah. that's where the magic happens and we're not playing favorites it's because you've been together so many times yeah I, I and that just made so much sense to me I was like oh my gosh oh my gosh girl must have been a farmer then <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean I just my pets re- I mean my life revolves around my pets I'm not gonna lie <laughs> Oh, me too. Oh, it's so bad. Like, it, it, like I'm so emotional right now, and I don't know why. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. There's like, there's pet people or animal people, and then there's non-animal people. And I really love the animal people. I love those other souls out there, my kindred spirits that you know, open their heart, open their home, you know, open a space for a companion in their life or they help them or they take care of them if they're lost or scared or broken wing or whatever it it is. Those are the, those are my kindred spirits, my kindred brothers and sisters out there. And it's truly a, uh, you know, we're weird. We, we're quirky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we spend a lot of money on, <laughs> on our oh, companions. <laughs> right? Yes. I had a, a $15,000 barn cat. He didn't even come <laughs> in the house. Yeah, 15000 Uh Even the vet used me as like a poster child of somebody's <laughs> crazy cat lady that spends thousands of dollars on, on a barn cat. I didn't care. You know, I wanted him to have the best. So... It's like, what else am I going to do with that money? You know, I don't have human children, so I need to indulge in something. And, yep. you know, so that's my something. But, you know, truly it was, and and I kind of have to jump back a little bit. You asked me where this all started. Of course, I could understand as a child that all got kind of squashed. And I write about that story. It was a horrific story in, yes. in The Amazing Afterlife of Animals of why I stopped communicating with animals but it all came back to me when i was a deputy sheriff see i find that so interesting so many people into this were in law enforcement yeah it was it's like how do you even tie those two together right it doesn't even it doesn't make sense wanting to rescue well yeah i guess to serve and to protect and all of that sort of thing and that's where it all snowballed so i had always had an interest in communicating with animals on a higher level. I knew that some form of communication existed. I was practicing animal communication when I was a deputy. And when I started to really get involved in law enforcement and I would go to, you know, respond to a call, the animals on the crime scenes started to share detailed and accurate information (laughs) with me that was far more superior than what the human eyewitnesses were telling me that I would later confirm. And I was blown away. I thought, no way. How can this be? This is amazing. So they have no bias. They have no judgment. So 
one of the resident animals on a crime scene would tell me, you know, they'd show me who was attacking who, like in a domestic violence situation. I could see who the aggressor was. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'd later confirm that from, you know, other testimony, other witnesses, and, you know, the, the various injuries that I found on the victims. And it fascinated me. And I thought, this is so crazy. And it just kept snowballing. It kept happening. And I wasn't trying. So this is what I want to share. I wasn't trying to do this. It just happened. It was as if the universe was saying, you need to pay attention. We're sending you this information because this is important. And at the time, I just thought it was cool and crazy. And I told nobody, nobody. What would be scary? Well, I would be the laughing stock of the department. Plus I was already the only female officer on the whole department at the time. So I had to work harder and better and faster and, you know, than any of the other men on the department because I was a woman. Yeah. And so, you know, you're in that boys club having to, you know, keep up with them and constantly prove yourself to them. And I had no, there was no way I was going to let them know that my confidential informants had four legs and a tail. (laughs) The best kind. (laughs) Right. But it was truly amazing how accurate the information was that I got from the animals. It it was amazing. It blew me away. I think because the animals have no judgment, but they also know what's good. They know it's good and they are pure. Like yes. there's no agenda. They don't they don't worry about, well, if I say this, then this person's gonna get mad, or if I share this, you know, that person won't like me. You know, they don't they don't do that. They just share what they experience. And That's they're in the moment. You know, animals are in the moment. They teach us to be present, be here right now with me, play with me, hug me, hold me, feed me, you know, whatever it is, they're very much now, 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 now. And so when something like that happens in their moment and there's stress involved, it really imprints upon them because they're sensitive creatures. So they pick up on all of that turmoil and all of that stress. And that literally leaves an imprint like a permanent mark or scar, if you will. It leaves it in their memory bank. Yes. And it's real easy for them to, you know, go back and pull that memory card and share something that happened that because it involved their loved one and it was traumatic. So Yeah. Out of curiosity, Kim, why do animals choose certain people? You know, I think it is a process of spiritual growth for, you know, let's say, um, you know, we'll take my $15,000 barn cat, for instance. Mm -hmm. He was, he was a rescue. He was a failed foster. I was supposed to find a home for him and I just couldn't. So he stayed here with me and this was the most loving, sweet boy in the world, but he had more health issues than I could count. I mean, it was just insane how many things he had going wrong. And I really truly think that there was a purpose for him being with me, such as he taught me about patience. He taught me about quality of life versus quantity of life. Mm -hmm. 
So I think they choose us because there are, I don't want to call them lessons because that sounds icky. So I don't know what that is. Spiritual growth, soul's growth, spiritual expansion, soul expansion, soul development. I think Mm -hmm. that's why. I have curiosity. Do you think the world needs more compassion for animals? Oh my gosh. All you have to do is, you know, scroll through your social media and you can see, you know, the the horror stories that are out there. And of course, you know, everybody has um, a cell phone now. So there's pictures, just devastating, you know, videos and stuff, what's going on in the world and around us. And, you know, ultimately every act of kindness it is it returns to you tenfold so you know even just helping one animal and being compassionate to one animal has a powerful and profound effect on you so if more people would just embrace that and do what they can like you said earlier if you can't foster or bring another pet into your home then you know donate you know bring supplies or you know help out your local shelter it's it's so important to to realize that these animals at no fault of their own end up where they end up and i think even you know on a global sense wild animals as well look at what we're doing oh, to yes. their planet i mean that's a whole other uh podcast but, you know it's crazy what's what we're doing so yes you know we're, we're trying to ca- we're trying to catch up for you know, the, the errors that were made in the past. And, and and we need more compassion. We need more people to be mindful that we share this planet. Yeah. And this is a really odd question. I, I am a, a very strict vegetarian. How do you think, and I don't judge people for eating meat. And I, I believe if you're going to eat meat, do it as humane as possible. I can't, I can't eat it because I feel like I feel it's weird. And it's a weird thing to say. I feel the pain that they feel when I'm around it. Yep. What are your views of that? Um, How can we change that? Well, I'm a vegan. I'm a, um, kind of a 98% vegan. So I'm 98% plant-based. And I say that there's a a 2% because I still buy local honey Mm -hmm. and I know the, I I know the farmers, I know the farmers and I know the bees are happy. So they're not being, you know, commercially abused. And I do raise my own chickens. Uh, I don't have roosters. I I just have five hens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm primarily plant-based. So I think that, you know, if people could grasp that there are so many alternatives that are healthier that don't involve taking a life that don't involve commercial or factory farming where these animals are, you know, basically a commodity and not given a very good life. And, you know, regardless if they say humane or not, you know, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No animal I've ever communicated with has told me that they wanted to die. Exactly. So, <laughs> nobody. No, nobody has ever raised that hand and said, you know, I I think I want to give my life up today for someone. No. You know, no one has ever said that, nor will they ever. 
Yeah. So I I think it's really important to realize that there are so many alternatives now. There's healthy alternatives. You don't need to to, uh, turn to meat sources. And, you know, I will, you know, be the first one to tell you it was a, a very slow progression for me. I went in and out of vegetarianism for a while and, um, you know, and now plant-based is where I'm most comfortable and I understand everyone's unique. I don't judge either and different with their needs. I'm just saying, think about swapping out one, start with one thing, just pick one thing absolutely, and swap it out. For me, it was dairy. I swapped out dairy. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and I found great replacements. It's like, whoa. Oat milk. You know, I love oat milk. <laughs> yeah. Oat milk is great. Yummy. I, make, I make it myself now. Yes. It's so much healthier. So, you know, you don't have to go cold turkey. You just can start with one thing. And I have an app. It's um, uh, called Pet Loss Hope and Healing. Mm-hmm. It's free. And in the app, I post my favorite plant-based recipes and there's some yummy stuff out there like one of them is um carrot dogs like sometimes i just want to grill something i just want to have that sensation and that you know grilling something on a on a hot summer night and you know watermelon and and so i found this recipe for carrot dogs and i am telling you i crave those things they are so good and Mm. it's a Carrot. I want the recipe because I love carrots. Okay, well, it's in the app. You have to download it, and okay. it's there. Carrot dogs, and it's it's gives you it ticks all the boxes. It gets the grill, it gets that smokiness, mm-hmm. and it's a carrot, so it's yummy. But you know, everyone has to do what's best for them yeah. and make that choice. You know, no no judgment. But literally, if you're interested, you know, start with one thing and find yeah, a replacement absolutely. and then just let it build from there. Yes. And I don't think people realize if you feel the pain of others, and I'm not just humans, but animals, you can't be near a truck full of animals that are going to butcher. No. I, I can't handle it. I cry. No. And I know that's really silly to most most people look at me because I live in Indiana like, what? <laughs> it's like, right. No, right. it's heartbreaking for me. Like, I can't take it. Yeah, I, I know. I, I had the same thing happen. We were driving through Texas and a slaughter truck went by me and all mm-hmm. their little eyes were looking out the side of the truck. It was a cattle and um, I lost it. I was, you know, a complete meltdown. And, you know, it just, it, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, we can't, you can make a difference in your life. You can yeah. swap out, you know, everyone can swap out one thing. I also gave up sugar, which has nothing to do with meat, but it just shows you, you can make changes and it's, it's hard. People yeah. don't like to change. We like our things and we like our routine, but it's very doable. And if you, do any of the research and find out just, you know, swapping out one, even one meal a week with a plant-based meal, how much you're helping your body, your health and the animals. Yes. So And environment. You know, the environment, everybody benefits. It's so. a win-win situation. 
It is. It definitely is. So Karen, in your book, you talk about several experiences. What experience throughout your time doing this has affected you the most? I mean, when it comes to the messages from the animals or just message from the animals. That's like telling me to pick my favorite flavor of ice cream. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, and that's plant based ice cream, by the way. And it's yummy, uh, guys. Oat milk ice cream is the best. And I, I make it myself too. I use coconut milk and mm. it's really good. Um, I got to put that recipe in the app too. Just really. You do. That. And you have to send me that amp so okay, I can display I it for everybody because I need to try some of those. I think the most profound thing that I realized um, that my perspective in the beginning was that the afterlife may or may not exist, uh, that spirits may or may not visit us, and that it was, you know, not something that happened on a daily basis. I found all of that to be wrong everything i thought was wrong so the afterlife where spirits go where the animals go when they leave their body where humans go when they leave their body is in another dimension but it's parallel with ours it's Mm -hmm. it's like an overlapping dimension and you know i've done paranormal investigations too where you walk into you know a highly active place and you can see these energies zipping around. You can see sometimes shadow figures. Sometimes you can see light anomalies. You can see just out of the corner of your eye manifestations. They're there. They're right in these places. They're not in a faraway place. They're not up in the clouds. They're not in a distant, you know, galaxy somewhere. It's, it is all around us. It is where we live. It is where we spend our time. And they have the ability to interact with us whenever they want Hmm. and as often as they want they don't you know want to barge in on our lives or you know do that sort of thing plus they're having fun too i mean they get to have a lot of fun in the afterlife and they have no limits no boundaries they can be in more than one place at one time but i think that was the biggest thing for me is to realize that there really is an afterlife you know when we die we don't just disappear that that energy of our soul continues on. I think that was the most profound thing for me to wrap my head around because at the time I didn't even really think about it. I was, you know, younger and when you're young, you don't think about those things. And then as you get older, you start thinking about those things. And it's like, what's going to happen to me when I die? So that was probably the, the biggest like, wow, that I got was, this is real. The afterlife is real. It exists and your loved ones are there and they love it when you say their name. They love it when you talk about them. They uh. absolutely, your, <laughs> your companion animals, it's like Christmas morning for them when you say their names. Oh my gosh. I cry so much about them all the time. It is, a, it is like opening a present like the best present in the world when we talk about them. So they love that we remember them. They love that we talk about them. They love that we remember their birthdays. They prefer we remember the good times. Like I know some people will celebrate, you know, their their passing date, you know, the date that they left the earth. Yeah. 
And that's okay, you know, as long as you're remembering them. But your companions and your loved ones like to focus on the good times, the positive times, the happy times. That was the other big takeaway for me is how it's going to sound really hard for some people. But when your companion animals leave their body, mm-hmm. they they don't grieve in the afterlife. Gotcha. They're not they're not grieving. They are so accepting of what's happening to them that they are far more advanced than humans are as to the process of their soul continuing. They're they're way smarter than we are. Yeah. But they are not grieving. They're they this sounds really harsh. They don't miss you like you miss them because yeah. they're still with you. Oh my goodness. So how how can you miss someone when you're still with them? They probably it's, don't it, understand when you cry about them then. They don't understand. They start to feel like Every time my mom thinks about me, she cries. This is it's making true. me really sad. <laughs> Every time she sees my picture, she cries true. or he cries. And they don't understand. I had so many animals say to me, why is mom so sad? Why is dad so sad? I'm right here. I let them know. I send them signs and messages. I tell them all the time I'm right here. And if you're one of those people listening right now going, I haven't got any signs. Oh, she's full of it. I haven't got any. They have sent me nothing. I want you to know this. The animal companions that are with you the most don't feel the need to send obvious signs. Right. And you become desensitized because their energy is around you all the time. So it just feels normal. You don't feel them. You don't sense them necessarily. You might get a, you know, a brush past you or a nose bump or something. But the ones that are with you the most don't feel the need to send a sign. Why would they? They're here. Yeah. It's like, why, why waste that energy? They're not going to waste that energy. So when you go to sleep at night, they pile up on the bed with you or they pile next to you or they pile in the bed. They're with you. You just have to trust that. Those were some biggies for me because I used to grieve and grieve and grieve and grieve. And I still do. Don't get me wrong. But I can turn that corner far sooner than I used to because I realize, you know, we're grieving the physical loss. We're grieving that we can't, you know, hold them, pick them up, you know, that sort of thing every day. And we, we grieve of what our life used to be with them that's a loss so we're grieving a loss but i'm i'm better able to turn that corner and not just because i can communicate with them because i understand that they're still with me there is nowhere else they would rather be wow <clears throat> that's a hard one for me <laughs> i'm telling you it's it's it was a big i think shift I mean, I used to, you know, rack myself, you know, with tears and sobs yeah. and, you know, not move and not function and be completely obliterated. And then I started seeing what that was doing to the animals because they don't understand why you're acting that way. I'm so sad. And 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 here's another one for you. <laughs> this was a big one for me. I literally had had a cat tell me this. The cat said to me, 
you're not very fun when you're like that. (laughs) I'd rather not be around you when you're sad. You're no fun when you're like that. So it's no fun for them. Cats are hilarious. If I know, right? (laughs) So who would you rather spend time with? Someone who's happy and outgoing and excited and loving life and giving love and receiving love? Or do you want to be around someone who's moping around and sobbing and crying all the time? Oh my gosh. My poor animals that have passed probably think I'm nuts. (laughs) I know. And I'm guilty. I'm only saying this because I'm guilty, 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 guilty. Especially my little Yodi, my little Japanese chin. I can't tell you the countless nights. Oh my gosh. He probably is looking at me like, excuse me. Right. And then they, they really start to feel like they're causing you this pain. They don't understand. Grief does not exist in the afterlife. Animals do not experience grief when they transition to the afterlife it's it's they don't go through a grieving process not that right. i'm aware of and you know i don't i don't want to claim to have all the answers i'm only sharing what i have learned over the past 26 years and and that's coming straight from the animals this is not coming from karen anderson this is what the animals tell me and it's that's interesting where, in your book when you talk about you know when people have to take them to put them down Mm-hmm. that they do not feel like we hurt them or killed them. And that's a very important message for people because I know when I've had to put my animals down because there is nothing you can do and they're suffering, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is the most heartbreaking feeling. Well, I've been down that road too many times. So you know, I truly speak from experience on that one. And it feels... It feels wrong even when it's the right thing to do. Yes. You know, it's just horrible. I call it the impossible decision because even when it's the right thing to do, it just doesn't feel right. It feels yeah. horrible. So this was a big revelation for me too, that I used to be this person and all of you raise your hand who have done this because I'm guilty, that I would keep my animal here way too long. Me. <laughs> See, because I wasn't ready to say goodbye. Yeah. I didn't want to go through that. So I kept him here. I kept forcing medication. I kept forcing food. I kept, you know, extending their already expired life. I kept extending, extending, extending. I would try every treatment, every drug, every this, every that, every surgery. That was me. And to a certain degree, that's acceptable and I still do provide to the best of my ability, but there comes a time where you know yeah. that 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 creature is done. They are so done and they give you that look or they stop eating or they can't move or whatever. There are signs and we choose to ignore them because we don't want to make that decision. It's horrible. Yeah, we don't, don't want to lose our companions. No, our I don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want to do it. So I would keep them here way 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 too long. And this is a big one. So I've conducted so many sessions with departed animals and in all of I mean thousands of sessions 
in all of those sessions, not a single time did anyone say to me that their mom or dad ended their life too soon. In fact, it was the opposite. They would tell me that they were ready to go long before they were helped with their transition. They see it as a loving gesture that we're helping them. They know we love them. They know Mm -hmm. we're, we're coming from a place of love. They know that. And they trusted you with their care. You're a caretaker. Your job is to maintain their care. When they can't maintain their body functions anymore, when they don't want to eat, when they give you all those signs, it's your job to say, put my animal companion first. What is best for them? Put my wishes and thoughts on the back burner. I have to put their needs first. That's hard to do. It's really hard. And I can say this, I've had such great vets. And sometimes when I feel I can't make that decision, I tell you, I had this one vet in Dayton, Ohio. He was amazing. And I looked at him. I had this Japanese chin that was my baby. Oh, my gosh. Talk about a spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was time, but I, I couldn't. You go in and I looked at him. I go, Tell me what's best. Because my heart wouldn't let me do that. And he I looked know. at me and he goes, it's time. Yep. So if they really, really yep. want what's best for the animals, your vet will tell you. They will. They will. And and you know in your heart yeah. that it's time. It's just too hard to face that decision. Um, but you have to realize that this this beloved has entrusted you with making that decision. And yeah. we all know it. It's all in the back of our minds. We just don't want to face it. Oh, and absolutely. like I said, I'm so guilty of doing this. But that has changed me. I am not that person anymore. I don't keep them here longer than they should be here. I don't do that anymore. Yes. I, of course, I can I can communicate with them on you know, a much higher level and find out what, where they're at, what their needs are and that sort of thing. But for, you know, everyone else out there that's listening, you know, you know, in your heart, you know, it's, it, it's there. And sometimes they'll surprise us. Like they won't show any sign of anything being wrong. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're gone. That'll happen sometimes too. And, um, you know, when that happens, when something quickly comes up, then we throw ourselves into the, the, into, oh my God, I missed something. I should have done, I should have paid more attention. I should have took them in. I should have got a, a, um, a test done. I should have changed their food. I should have, should have, should have, could have, would have. Right. So we, we do that to ourselves when, when they, when they go like that unexpectedly, we start questioning and ourselves. I, I find it really interesting. Not only do they tell us, I had a, a chow chow named Oz, and it, it was really funny what he did. He wanted to go on a walk, and we were too tired, and we all went to bed, and he came with us. The next day, I walked downstairs, and every morning, Karen, I walked downstairs with my hand on his back, and they always got a treat before breakfast. 
And we were going down the steps and we had a rhythm, ticket, 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 down the steps. And he was right there. I felt his fur. I felt everything normal. And when I turned around to give him his treat, he wasn't there. Wow. I was like, what? What? what?" (laughs) So I ran upstairs and I knew he had cancer. And the vet sent him home like four weeks earlier and said he's like six months. He was passed away. But for some reason, he wanted me to feel him one more time going down those steps with his, my That's hand on cool. his back. That's cool. That is so cool. And he was very, I mean, he was a stunning dog inside and out. And um, I never forget that, you yeah. know? And I felt guilty because I would have took him for that walk. And right. that was his way, I guess, of saying, you know, I'm past, I'm gone, but I'm here. Yeah. Right. Right. And sometimes you'll see them out of the corner of your eyes. Sometimes you'll feel them. Sometimes you'll wake up and you'll think someone was lying next to you on the bed and there's even a warmth there or an indentation or paw prints. They are there. Yeah. Nothing. Their life, their routine doesn't really change like ours does. You know, we, we really go through it. We have a bad time when we suffer a loss, but when a human or animal spirit leaves their body, you know, it is, it's like they continue on doing the things that they normally do, the things they love to do. It's just kind of like, you know, better, you know, they, they get to have, you know, the freedom of going with you to the store or to the, or on vacation or to work or following you in the car, wherever that they never used to be able to go before. So there's this new freedom that they experience and it's just a kind of a supercharged experience for them. So it's totally different than what you and I go through, which is what I'm writing about in my new book. Oh, can I plug it? Yes, please. I am so excited that you're having a new book. I am having a new book. It is called the pet. I can't forget. Oh my gosh. Finding Hope and Healing with Signs from the Afterlife. And it's all about, like what we were saying, there's that one particular one that, you know, just kind of steals your heart. You love them all, but there's that one that steals your heart and you just can't forget them. And when you lose them, you feel like nothing can ever heal your heart. So this book is full of actual stories some are sessions I had, some are just regular uh, people sharing their story that got afterlife signs, signs from the afterlife, and how that healed them. And then I go into what to look for, how to raise your vibration to get more signs, and tons and tons of information wow. to help you find a way through that dark place, because it's a dark place. Yes. It's a very, very dark place. And, you know, our beloved companions don't want us to stay there. They want us to to heal as soon as we can and as, as soon as we're ready. And it's different for everyone. You know, there's no time limit or time frame. When is that and coming out, Karen? I'm in the final stages of proofreading and editing right now. So it's wow. going to go off pretty soon to uh, the real editor. I'm just editing myself and then hopefully it'll be out. I want to say, gosh, I hope 
I hope, I hope soon, like this summer. I hope, oh, I hope. You have to let me know because I want to order that. Okay. So the pet I can't forget, and it is really, truly honoring that connection that you have with that one special companion and how to find your way through those dark days. And it's different for everyone. So there's so many stories in there that have these little hidden golden nuggets of wisdom that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it, it'll give you that inspiration you need to turn the corner so you're not in that dark place anymore. My last question, which is fascinating that you talk about in in your book, is the connection between the human loved ones that passed and your animal companions. Yes, this was also, I think, one of the things that is so heartwarming is we often wonder, you know, who are our beloved pets with? You know, are yes. they alone? Are they are they scared? Are they lost? You know, if we weren't there with them when they transitioned, you know, are they forever trying to find us or or find where they need to go? And it's kind of scary to think, oh, my gosh, you know, here you've cared for this this animal for, you know, sometimes years and years and years. And then you worry about them. Are they, you know, are they OK? Are they safe? And through sessions and through the the messages, I have come to find that. They are with what we call our soul group. They're with they're with the other family members, loved ones in our soul group. And it doesn't have to be a blood relative. It can be your best friend. It can be your first grade teacher. It could be, you know, somebody that you uh, live next to, a, you know, co-worker. It doesn't have to be a blood relative. Your soul right. group are the are the people that you have chosen to come into this lifetime with and they are all together. And I would see this in my sessions. I would see them coming forward, sometimes holding the animals. Sometimes they'd be in their laps. Sometimes they'd be playing with them, but they would come through together. And I thought that was so comforting to know that the animals never get lost. They're never scared. They're never alone. There's always someone there to greet them. And there's never a moment in time where they are afraid or or lost. And I, I needed to know that, you know, as a as a mom of animals myself, I needed to know that. And it's totally true. There is always someone there to greet them. Oh, that's wonderful. Karen, one more time, where where can they donate to help your animal look sanctuary? My nonprofit is called PaintedRainRanch.org. So that's our uh, website, and you can donate there. And if they want to find out more about my books and uh, my work, and I have courses to learn animal communication. Awesome. And my, my free app called Pet Loss Hope and Healing, they can go to my website, which is really simple. It is Karen Anderson with an O dot net karen anderson dot net and um there's all kinds of resources free resources ongoing pet loss support afterlife insights i mean so many resources for someone who's struggling with a loss or if they feel that they just you know can't get past the pain on their own it's there's a lot of resources there for them 
wonderful because people don't realize some people, all they have is their companions, their pets. It's true. And it's the true. loss is as deep for some people as losing a human being. So, you know. And sometimes, sometimes even more because, yeah. you know, when it comes to a family member, we're not with them 24 seven, you know, yeah. we're, we're with, we're with our animals all the time. I mean, they're around us all the time. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, it's a different kind of grief. I don't, I don't try to compare it. It's just different. Yeah. Sometimes it's more intense. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Karen, I am humbled by you and I so oh appreciate gosh. your work that you do. I want to well, thank, thank you. That just made my day. Thank you for saying <laughs> that. And I'm very, very passionate. I'm weird, but I'm very passionate. <laughs> Welcome to the weird what? world, girl. <laughs> I'm weird too. <laughs> I'm very passionate about what I do and I am very generous with resources and, and helping. So thank you so much for this opportunity to share and to tell my stories oh, and yes. talk about my books and my yep. courses and my uh my app and all of that other my carrot dogs and all that other stuff hey those things are important to me so i don't know what my listeners think but if you have a pet this is important stuff guys karen thank you from my heart and my soul and you know it's a privilege talking to you it really is I want to thank you for taking an hour out of your time and day for me. You have a good night, and I hope I get to meet you and talk to you soon. I hope so, too. And thank you so much to all the listeners who stayed with us for a whole hour. Yes. Yay, you. Yes. Have a good night, Karen. Bye.